to episode four of the Midwest Autosports podcast. My name is Lauren Kelly, voice of the MSA, and I'm here with Will Garretts, the driver in the MSA. <laughs> and today's show is sponsored, as always, by Pedal Down Promotions. Pedal Down Promotions is a full-service public relations and media services company devoted to helping businesses, organizations, civic groups, sports teams, and book authors uh, effectively communicate with targeted audiences through a diverse array of promotional strategies and methods, including press releases, newsletters, profile and feature articles, website and social media content development, printed media, marketing materials, editing and layout, graphic design, and book publishing services. For more information on how Pedal Down Promotions can become your fast track connection to success, contact Jeff Pedersman by email at pedaldownpromotions at gmail.com or visit www.pedaldownpromo.com. Now, Will, you want to tell us what we got coming up in today's show? Today's show, we'll have some news. We'll have uh, go over some feature winners, actually, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go over some upcoming scheduled races. We're going to have our interview with Travis Aarons and... Are we doing power rankings this week? We will not be doing power rankings this week. We're and gonna, we'll probably go over another schedule or two. Yeah, I think we're going to start doing... I was thinking about doing this uh, was to do like a World of Outlaws iRacing power rankings or something like that. But okay. we'll, we'll get into that if when, when we cross that bridge. So stay tuned, folks. All right, and we're going to start our Midwest Autosports news presented by Recognition Race Products. On warm summer nights, as the sun goes down and the sound of revving engines fills the air, the passion for racing carries an energy all on its own. We offer everything drivers need to take that passion to the winner's circle with the most complete selection of parts, gear, and tools available. Recognition Race Products is your local source featuring products from over 630 of the world's leading manufacturers. We promise to keep you on the cutting edge of the the racing industry recognition race products we make it easy visit us online at go to rrp.com or at our store at 118 highland avenue in plymouth wisconsin now uh i think the first thing that we're going to talk about is what you have highlighted here um is kind of a somber note i guess um the midwest sprint car association uh along with plymouth dirt track racing released a I guess you could say joint statement um, that the races for April, um, aka Beaver Dam, Plymouth, and Dodge County Fairgrounds have been officially canceled due to the Wisconsin Safer at Home order. We hope to start our 2020 season in May with our races scheduled at Plymouth Dirt Track Racing. Hope everyone stays safe and we are looking forward to a great season. Um, your thoughts on that? 
Uh, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, kind of took the window to my sales a little bit that we'll be able to get in the car until next month at least. But it's still, I'd rather have a race season than kind of push it off with the virus as far as it yeah. happens. Better to get it under control and kind of handle it while we can. Well, on that note as well, um, for me, I'm kind of bummed out that we don't get to start the season at Beaver Dam. I was really looking forward to because that's kind of traditionally the first start of racing in Wisconsin was always the IRA Beaver Dam date. Um, and the MSA was joining that date for the first time this year. And that would have been really, really cool. But it's I think it's for the best. Um, however, I saw some news today that um, that the New York Times did some study um, as they do. And. Wisconsin and the Midwest actually had the best rate for flattening the curve of coronavirus that they saw or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I also saw like a kind of like a projection map that the next two weeks will be the worst. Mm -hmm. And just based on travel, they had like a bi-county travel kind of map. And the whole Midwest, I think it was Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, it was all... Almost zero, tra uh, almost zero travel, other than essential travel. Okay. As opposed to the rest of the nation, which were all just a little less than normal. Yeah. And just kind of spotted here and there between a lot normal oh, right. travel, how and many a people, less than travel. Yeah. How many Whereas, people are actually staying at home? Where uh, pretty much the entirety of our section, Upper Midwest, it was all a lot less than normal travel. Which is good. I mean, that's what you want right now with the whole stay at home and everything. It seems like people in Wisconsin and the Midwest are actually doing what we're supposed to be doing. Um, it just kind of depends when this whole thing kind of blows over. Also, the IRA released a statement just a little bit of, little bit of a while ago. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but it says, as far as schedules go, Lee County... On April 10th and Beaver Dam on April 18th have been postponed. So those races have been postponed, not canceled. Um, 34 Raceway is extremely unlikely, though Iowa hasn't had restrictions as stiff as Illinois and Wisconsin. But Iowa does have a gathering ban just past the 411 race date. Um, so obviously that track is just kind of holding on to... Uh, to hope that it will blow over by then, but I highly doubt it. We're at April 6th right now, mm -hmm. so that'd be a week out. Um, it's They say, stay tuned. We hope everyone is safe, healthy, and hopefully working. We'll update things as we know them and really look forward to seeing everyone. Um, I feel like all of these series, they're doing the best they can right now, and I think they're all handling it really well. I think mm -hmm. they're they're canceling with enough time that you know people aren't driving down there for the race, you know, or something like that, but they're holding out to probably the last minute that they could um, just to see if anything happens or changes. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's, you know, I like, like you said, I think it's just, I think this is what needs to happen. And I think we're going to be seeing, unfortunately, more of that as it goes on. But yeah, you want to move on to next let's, little bit? Yeah, let's go into... Uh... Some better news. Yes, some funny news, apparently. 
Plymouth Dirt Track has upgraded their facilities. Oh, that's not what I was talking about, but yes, we do need to talk about that. They did update their facilities. Uh, this is a welcome thing, actually. I don't yeah. know how you feel about it, but I, as a spectator, like, because I'm an announcer, so I'm working, but mostly I'm just watching. So whenever somebody barely taps three tires together and drags and them onto the track them onto the track and we have to go yellow and wait 10 minutes for somebody to go over there and drag them back it, it ruins the flow yeah it's terrible but now plymouth actually put tires into the actual clay surface they and buried that, them halfway in yeah that is beautiful and it looks good too like to be perfectly honest i think once they spray paint them a certain color like i think it'll look really sharp yeah if they spray paint them white that would look really cool yeah i think it would look great or red and white yeah that'd be like, really sweet yeah too. that would be cool um i think it just looks great and i think it's gonna cut down on a lot of yellows this mm -hmm. year because that was a lot of what it was last year but i think they also upgraded uh some restroom facilities um and some other odds and ends um now they just uh need to get a new uh speaker system and we'll be all set <laughs> <laughs> um i'm kind of looking forward to the tire thing too i can't tell you how many shock mounts i've i broke <laughs> from just hitting those infield tires when i would guess with them buried in the ground like that they'd have a little bit more give as, yeah, and they look like they're smaller too. Yeah, they're definitely smaller for sure. Yeah, because they would run big, over them if you have to. The ones that were out there were big tractor tires or something yeah. like that. So, I think it's a very welcome thing, and I've the the reaction that I've seen has been overwhelmingly positive. So, that's good. Um, I guess now we can get into uh, <laughs> some eye racing news, yeah. some funny stuff. Yeah. So uh, yesterday's <laughs> or Sunday's eye racing. Esports NASCAR Invitational, whatever mm -hmm. long name that is. It was at Bristol, right? Bristol Motor Speedway. Yeah. Kyle Larson and Daniel Suarez got booted from the race <laughs> for wrecking each other intentionally and under caution. <laughs> I have causing to, a ruckus. Now I haven't seen this, but I feel like I need to go on YouTube and look this up because that sounds just hilarious. I mean, that sounds like. Could you imagine just watching that? You're the biggest Kyle Larson fan ever. And you just watched it. He just car his car just disappears off the track and never comes back. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, assuming that's what happened. And that's like, a, that is what happened. Yeah. I was watching it, and then uh, that's the second week in a row that Daniel Suarez got kicked from the <laughs> just because he's screwing around. Yep. And then <laughs> Bubba Wallace, he he rage quitted. Really? Yeah. He uh, he got into some wrecks. A few of them maybe ran out of fast repairs that they have, and. <laughs> He kind of rage quit and took a bunch of flack on Twitter. Uh, and his sponsor, he actually got a sponsor for this oh, iRacing event. Yep. Oh. Blue Emu, I think they're oh. pain relief. Yep, 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 yep. And the owner of the company, he just said he's not going to pay him because he was acting like his 13-year-old kid <laughs> playing on his Nintendo Switch. It's just a whole bunch of drama in this I, racing series. Yeah, I feel like a lot of guys, like the younger guys, are treating it like a video game. Like, what it is. But it's also more than that because now you're on a national stage. You, Especially if you had a sponsor. I didn't know they, I didn't know you had a spot, like a specific sponsor for this race. That's a little bit crazy that oh, he yeah. did that. That's, that's insane. Um... But I'm gonna speaking of eye racing and drama and stuff like that, Fox Sports One has been cutting dirt like regular dirt drivers from their World of Outlaws broadcasts. See, I didn't know about this one. So 
apparently um, Bill Baylog and a few other guys who don't run World of Outlaws weekly. They don't travel with the outlaws. However, whenever the outlaws are in their general area, like within driving distance, exactly, they race with them and they race well. Um, there was a couple guys from the Pennsylvania Posse um, that got booted out, so uh, Kurt Busch and a few other NASCAR drivers could come in and race with the World of Outlaws. Did Baylog get kicked? Yes. Oh, that's a bummer. So, and which he was sucked. leading in Volusia. I, w- I was gonna say he ran extremely well in Volusia and extremely well at Charlotte. Um, but I just saw somebody. I think Russell Borland posted about it on Facebook, and then Bill commented on it and just said how disappointed he was. And that sucks to be perfectly honest, because those NASCAR guys, everybody knows who they are already. I feel like this is a prime opportunity for. Sprint car drivers that maybe not everybody knows who they are. Like Logan Seavey. No idea who Logan Seavey was before last week. Like, And I know he's a big guy yeah, in USAC and stuff, yeah. but I don't follow USAC really. So when I watched that race, I was like, oh, he's, you know, this is awesome. I've never heard of him before, but he's winning the race. He's a good driver. Yeah. So, and now that I've gone and looked him up and who he is, watched some videos, and now I know who he is, but I feel like that's the kind of thing that people want to see right now. They want to see guys that they've never heard of before just, and then they want to do, I don't know. It just seems like, Oh, it just seems like counterproductive to put in people that we already know who they are and how they are already getting promoted on Sunday with the big Fox sports one show. (laughs) Exactly. They're already racing the NASCAR invitational and stuff like that. So let the dirt guys do their thing on the World of Outlaws Invitational. That's just my two cents. On yeah, it, and then the NASCAR media, they put a lot of hype up around how important grassroots racing is. Yeah, and then, they and then they're booting out the, the grassroots guy. racers. Yeah, and I don't know if that was a NASCAR thing paying Fox Sports 1 to bring their guys in or if that was specifically looking for views yeah or if it was specifically fox sports one saying no we don't want these people we want these people and also the fact that it's a set amount of cars i think i don't agree with at all i think it should be i mean there's obviously a limit but there's actually pretty strict limits on iris there they only have they only go by how many pit stalls they can have oh really so in a lot of the dirt tracks they Instead of putting on the outside of the track like we do at dirt tracks, you know, yeah. we push them onto the track and they put start them in, up. in the infield. They put them in the infield so <laughs> you can go and get a pit stop if you needed needed to. Really? Like just say there's a yellow because they don't have red flags. You could go and get your repair in like two minutes or whatever it is. And then you can get back on the track easily. Now, there are some newer tracks in iRacing, like Lernerville. They have pits outside the track now, so they're starting to implement okay. that into their new racetracks. To so get higher car counts that way, I yeah. guess. See, this is why you're here, because I, I know nothing about I think a majority, majority of them, they can fit, like, 16 to 18 in the A-Main. Okay. That's what I saw. And then, at, like, and then they... Uh, in other tracks like Lanier, which that's an asphalt track, and they, have, yep. they actually have an inside pit. They converted that to dirt to, for one of the racetracks on iRacing, and you can fit a lot more cars in the A-Main on that one. Huh. So that's interesting. See, I didn't know. So obviously there – well, there's one of the reasons. Um, but, yeah, I just think it would be nice if, you know, they let the dirt guys be dirt guys and just do, you know, do their thing. 
Um, and on a similar note, let's yeah. talk about the USAC drama in iRacing. <laughs> so everyone's getting in on this iRacing kick. Yep. USAC too, and they they had this bright idea that they're gonna pit their USAC and other big star drivers like Larson and Bell against the eSport USAC drivers who run weekly for points and for money on the iRacing service. Yeah. Now, who do you think is going to win in that battle, Lord? <laughs> um, I would guess the iRacing drivers will. <laughs> You'd be right. They completely stomped them. And the pro drivers, the USAC and the Larsons of the world, they complained and they're, they said they're one and done. They're kinda, they don't want to get beat up like that. <laughs> so now they're splitting up the series into the eSports esports kind of section and the pro drivers section but they're unevenly paying them the esports drivers paid in i think it was like 150 bucks and the pro drivers also paid in 150 bucks for this multi-week championship Mm -hmm. and now the esports are getting like a quarter of what the purse is for the pro drivers yeah so they're just kind of out of money yeah they're just out like they thought they'd have a chance to win this money that's on the table but not anymore now they have a option of getting their money back for winning the championship. Wow! Instead of instead of actually making starting double, up. triple, yeah. four times, whatever it is for the pro drivers. I see. This is kind of the thing that I love. I love the way that F one is doing their all their esports stuff right now because they have uh, a couple. They're Formula One sanctioned, but they're not really. They have like a. They, it's called a versus series. Where they have one v one, one lap, like it's like oh a, that's cool. It's like a bracket style tournament. So they have like one v one, one lap of like four different tracks, and then whoever advances, like you get a one v one, like and then it's like best out of three. Oh, so kind of like drag racing. Yeah, it's like drag racing. It's exactly like drag racing, but it's just around an F one track. That's kind of cool. I yeah, like that. it's awesome, and they have. Real F1 drivers like Lando Norris, Esteban Gutierrez. I think I saw Charles Leclerc. Yep, Charles Leclerc was in the he was in the virtual Grand Prix. He didn't okay. do, he didn't he didn't do, do the, the bracket. Style. He didn't do the bracket. But there were still a bunch of like real world racing drivers, and then they also had some esports drivers. Jimmy Broadbent. Jimmy Broadbent. Um, and then they had like Team at Marduk, who's uh, Ben. I don't remember his last name, but uh, he's got like 400,000 YouTube subscribers or something. And those guys were all against each other. It was such a cool mix. And they also had uh, Chris Lake, who's like a DJ or something like that, but who ended up being actually pretty good. Um, But they were all in this bracket. And so that was kind of like the hodgepodge, everybody Mm. together. So you get that still like mix of everything i kind of like that too but then they had the virtual grand prix which was all professional racing drivers there were no strictly esports drivers they were all either current f1 drivers or past f1 drivers or like development drivers right or like formula 2 drivers or something like that so that was that whole race and then they had a race after that that was all of the esports drivers, like all of their regular paid esports drivers, after that. Sure. And the lap times were actually really similar. Watching it was pretty cool, but I feel like USAC is starting to do that same thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel, I still feel like people want to see the real world guys go against the esports. Oh, be- yeah. Because I think you can kind of like pit how accurate it is. Oh yeah. Definitely. How accurate the sim is. I mean, with the dirt, it's got some work. The tires. I mean, you can't really yeah. feel how much grip. 
they have compared to our real car, or mm-hmm. as you can on the asphalt stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're getting there. But with the esports racers, they know all the tricks. You know, yeah. they know you can get a tenth there, <laughs> yeah. you can get five one hundreds there, and that all adds up to maybe two ten- two tenths a second, and that adds up over thirty laps. You know, that's so funny that you said that because then the team at Marduk got. He's a, a content creator. He's not a esports driver or anything. Or I think he might be an esports driver now, but he's mainly just a YouTube content mm-hmm. creator. But he knows at Australia, Albert Park in Melbourne, he knows that you can corner cut. Like the game has strict corner cutting oh, rules, yeah. but he knows that you can corner cut a couple of, of the corners. You can push get it away maybe a little and, further. And get away with it, and the game won't give you a penalty. But the guys that have never raced that on the game before they're going at base how it is in the real world exactly so they would know if i did that in real life i'd get a corner cutting penalty yeah and with the the dirt on i racing they the esports guys they know how fast the track's gonna wear yeah and they know right. where how far to lean on the cushion where that's something you do with the butt of your seat in real life right they know how far to push it without breaking down the car or in real life too like if if the real life volusia there's no way you can put real life Volusia into a video game. Right. Because it's hard it's to... so that track becomes so different every single night. Like I was listening to Wing Nation and they said uh, there were some guys that had raced there earlier this season. They said after one night, like if you have a three night event at Volusia, every single night will be completely different. The lap times will be two seconds apart and it's ridiculous. But it, I just think it's interesting that USAC has decided now to to go that route where they have the two separate races. Mm-hmm. But I like the way that F1 does it because they have that hodgepodge right away. And then they have the two like more serious separate races after that. So I think maybe USAC could do something like that. And I think as we see more and more iRacing going on and other sim racing going on to fill our void of motorsports, we'll see the which formulas and which uh, kind of... I guess yeah. bracket style versus race will work. What works, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see. You want to go to some feature winners? And so that's going to be it for news. And we're going to move on to our Sage Fruit Winner's Circle. All right, welcome to Sage Fruit Winner's Circle. Sage Fruit is a high-quality grower, packer, and shipper of Washington State apples, pears, and cherries. We work hard on the farm in the packing houses and in sales to deliver an exceptional eating experience to our customers. For the past 17 years, Sage Fruit has been a proud sponsor of Sprint Cars and Sprint Car Racing. We value our relationship with Sprint Car fans and appreciate your continued support of Sage Fruit. Ask for Sage Fruit at your local grocer. Sage Fruit, an exceptional eating experience now for our winner's circle today we've got some actual wisconsin racing to talk about granted it is i racing however the wisconsin wingless sprint series had their first i don't know if it was officially sanctioned or not it wasn't officially sanctioned but no. they they kind of invited <laughs> the people who were in it yeah it was it was organized by uh Derek crane uh mainly and also chance siskowski who ironically ended up winning the feature um so mo- mainly guys that w- are actually racing in the wisconsin wingless sprints um i've got the finish order here um chance siskowski like i said took home the win uh by the way this was an incredibly fun race to commentate on i was actually lucky enough to be invited to announce this event um 
And if you guys want to see it, the link to it, I believe, is on either Derek's Facebook page. I think the Wisconsin Wingless Sprints actually posted it as well. Uh, or you can find it on Midwest Autosports on Facebook as well. Uh, but anyways, Chance Siskowski took the win. Uh, Zach Radar almost came home with the clean sweep. Uh, he got pole position, uh, won his heat race, and finished second in the A-Man after starting on the pole. Uh, Willie Nelson finished third, which is the greatest name in history. Um, <laughs> Chase McDermott, who had the absolute move of the race, uh, passed about four cars into turn one on a restart, and it was I absolutely lost my shit for <laughs> announcing it. It was amazing. Uh, Kyle Brinkman, who started in ninth place, had a great run up to fifth, uh, took advantage of some misfortune from some other drivers, like I know Trevor Frank, uh, who finished way down in 17th, started third, actually was running really, really well, got caught up in some stuff. I don't remember seeing exactly what happened. Maybe He had a, I think he bent up his car and it wasn't driving right, so we went to go repair it, but then he couldn't rejoin the race. Gotcha. Um, oh, yeah, that's why it says disconnected. <laughs> um, and then uh, that's going to be Derek Crane finishing in sixth. Uh, starting 13th, good run for Derek. Mm -hmm. um, and you, my good friend, took home a 7th place finish after starting 11th, coming from the B-Main. Came from the B. That's fantastic. Uh, after winning his B-Main yeah. as well, I should say. So that was pretty cool. And it should be said that we only took two cars from each heat into the feature. So, Willie, I think you finished 3rd. I finished third race. in my heat, yeah. Started 5th, yep. finished 3rd in the heat race. Yep, and then started on the pole and won his B-Main. Uh, Chris Rossiter uh, with a good run in 8th after starting 18th. I believe he was the hard charger. Uh, took home some money for that, I think, as well. Uh, Travis Mahoney uh, started 6th, finished 9th. And rounding out the top 10, Jake Kuba, who started 16th. Good run for Jake. Um, so he was the final transfer spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, he's a good driver. Yeah, he is. That, that was pretty cool. Uh, Sherry Graumans uh, started 14th, finished 11th. Uh, Hunter Parsons, who actually, it was a glitch. I thought for the longest time, Hunter Parsons said that he had fast time for the night. Um, and it ended up being that Zach Radar actually did. And apparently their cars glitched out. But uh, Hunter finished in 12th. Uh, Jared Burba finished in 13th after starting 10th. Uh, he disconnected, apparently. Jalen Fairchild, who actually ran up near the front of the field for most of the race i'm not sure what happened to him because it says he was running at the end i don't know if he disconnected for a few laps uh or something something happened but he ran extremely well and unfortunately finished in 14th uh craig campton who actually won his b main as well I th he disconnected and finished 15th uh all these uh rest of the cars are disconnects uh doug shank in 16th trevor frank and nick petska in 18th um uh, yeah, with that glitch you were talking about, unfortunately, we we ran it at the wrong time. There was a, a patch in iRacing, and one of the side effects of it was during single or during single file restarts or during uh, caution laps not counting, there was a glitch sometimes with the leaders, and it would kind of screw up the order, and it sometimes put the people in the back that were lap cars 
they'd actually plug them into the positions where they were running in between I, the leaders. I noticed that when I was looking at the running orders that we had, because that, that was annoying. <laughs> I mean, because it's obvious they're not in the league, but, but it was just like, when you want to see the top five running order and it just wasn't there it was yeah it's easy to fix it just takes a few laps yeah but right. it was a whole it was a very fun event and oh, hopefully yeah. we can do that well in that's the next coming weeks yep i think um we'll be talking about that a little later yes exactly um and then we've got some iRacing dirt results i believe as well Fox Sports 1 put on a World of Outlaw race. Christopher Bell taking home that win. That's right. C. Bell won that win. And I'm not sure who won the late model portion. I've never heard of the guy. I don't know either. We'll, we'll look it up here. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a. it's been pretty interesting watching all this iRacing stuff. I, I love it, to be perfectly honest. I know some people don't, but if anything, it gives people something to watch. Trent Ivey. Trent Ivey. That um, name sounds familiar. It but... does sound familiar. He must be a dirt driver of some sort. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think he runs with the late models normally because I've never heard that name at Plymouth before when they're there. Yeah, um, it looks like he's a late model driver. Okay. So, well, that's good. Nice to see a late model driver actually win the, the late model deal. Um, yeah, and another thing with, the, with these feature winners and stuff like that, there's been some... Uh, drivers doing some different things and finishing well. Um, Jimmy Johnson went and ran IndyCar. I'm not sure exactly where he finished, but I remember seeing him fighting for the top 10 most of that uh, Grand Prix. I think it was at Watkins Glen. Um, it was a really, really exciting race. And also just seeing Jimmy Johnson in an IndyCar was so strange. And like he had the whole, he had his same paint scheme from mm -hmm. his NASCAR, the Ally Financial or whatever. And it was really cool to see him in an IndyCar and he got the hang of it and did extremely well. Yeah, his rig is actually supposed to be an IndyCar style, the lay down flat with the formula style wheel. Oh, really? Yeah, because he was supposed to test an IndyCar before the Spikers hit because he wanted to race an IndyCar race or two this year. Oh. So it just kind of... That worked so, out that so way. So he already had the. Then sim he already had the simulator that was IndyCar yeah. style, and then we wanted to talk about some other drivers. Kyle Busch running the he was in the dirt race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. He ran in both the sprint car and, and the, the late, late model, model divisions. He ran towards the back, but you got to give the guy credit for trying. He's never really ran on the dirt before. <laughs> and not rage quitting and disconnecting like yeah. Bubble, Bubble Wallace. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I love seeing, you know, the guys taking on different challenges and stuff like that. And this whole iRacing thing is completely new. Not to keep going back to F1, but I remember Nico Hulkenberg, who was a extremely good F1 driver. He's not, um, uh, he's not in F1 anymore, but he was an extremely good racer. Um, he's won Le Mans, everything. But he goes into uh, the F1 2019 game, and mm -hmm. he's slower than Molasses. And his first time out, and he's getting lapped almost. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to this week, he goes in and he beats two of the esports guys. Like those, these real world drivers that have that hang for it. If as soon as they get used to that game, they're gonna take off. Just the learning curve. They yeah. have the competition side of them. They have the drive to yep. do it. They know how the cars work. Well, that's what he said. He said I put in like thirty hours on oh, yeah. <laughs> this game, like, and that's why I think you see uh, 
I still think that there's the real world drivers. If they put as much time into that game as like the esports guys do, they would be. They'll better. figure it out in no time. Yeah, I think they would be way better than just the strictly esports guys are. Because you're, we're starting to see that with the real world drivers in series kind of beating the esports guys. And but, you're seeing in on iRacing. I'm a, I'm a member. And uh, you see all these guys that I, you can follow people in iRacing, and right now you can see guys practicing. Uh, Chase Briscoe and Christopher Bell are racing right now. Same thing with Zeb Wise, a USAC driver. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Kyle Larson are on until the wee hours of the morning every yeah. single night. <laughs> They're practicing. They want to get fast. Well, there was a speaking of that. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has expressed interest in. I guess this could have been in news too, but he expressed interest in being in an IndyCar iRacing race, and he wants to do it at Talladega. Or Daytona or Michigan or something like that, which would be insane. However, IndyCar has raced at Michigan before, um, but they haven't recently, I would think, because it's... Perfect way to do it if they can't with liability, do it virtually. Oh, yeah. Do it for for sure. While we have the time (laughs) and no one's busy with their own race. There's been uh, people in the F1 community, too, saying they want an, uh, an F1 race at Road America. Oh, that'd be cool. Because that'd be they, fun to do. if they could patch it into the F one twenty nineteen game, they would. They, I think they'd probably do it. That would be really cool. Um, have them actually race on a real track for once. <laughs> um, oh, what else we got here? Um, and oh, we're gonna go on to our upcoming schedules. The Wisconsin Wingless Series has uh, expressed that they want to. Uh, do another race like we did this last week um probably two weeks out so this this episode will come out on thursday they will be for that next friday so eight days after this comes up exactly yep so a week and a day um which i was in con i was in contact with some of the people who put it together and Mm -hmm. it sounds like they'll be doing a vote with all the invitees Mm -hmm. or the people who drove about (laughs) what track they're going to run it at and uh, which is, stuff like that. Which is good because, I mean, to be perfectly honest, Kokomo is a pretty uh, technical track uh, for people's first time out. I think you expressed that that it was a little bit tough for some of the... It was. And with this, a lot of people have single monitors. You know, you, you don't have any peripheral vision at all yeah. with a single monitor. If everyone had triple monitors or virtual reality goggles be completely fine there wouldn't be really any issues but but you get with single monitors and just the diversity of equipment it's just hard to do a big track like that or a small track like that we should they should maybe vote on something a little bit bigger Mm -hmm. maybe like eldora or something real wide yeah that would be cool i don't know are there any wisconsin dirt tracks in iRacing not right now really no not even like Cedar Lake or anything like no. that? No. Really? We can run over the dirt tracks here. I'll that's, just... that's interesting. That's a little bit disappointing, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know that. They didn't have any. But yeah, so the, the whole triple monitor thing, that makes perfect sense. I mean, and most of the guys that you see doing uh, doing it more seriously, it's they do have the triple monitors. And for those of you who don't know, the, basically your, your single monitor looks straight ahead. And then the two monitors off to the side will give you your peripheral vision. Yeah, exactly. It's it really is like virtual reality at that point. Um, so on the i racing, they have several dirt tracks. They have the Chili Bowl. They have Eldora Speedway, Fairbury Speedway. 
um, Knoxville Raceway, Kokomo Speedway. They have Lanier National Speedway, which is actually an asphalt track in real life, but they mm. converted it to dirt for the surf for the service. Lernerville Speedway. Um, I know there's a few more here. The dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway, USA International Speedway, kind of like Lanier, where they just covered it with dirt. Mm. It's an actual asphalt track. That's three quarters of a mile long. Really? That one. That oh. that one's fast. That's ridiculous. Williams Grove. Volusia. And Volusia yeah. Speedway. And, and that's it looks it, like huh? that's about it for dirt tracks. But there's a lot of them are half miles and yeah. a few quarter miles. Oh, they're also Limeland Speedway in Ohio. It looks like they just kind of put that Kokomo in there, just have like a quarter mile in there. Just... Yep, there's that's the shortest one on there, I yeah. think. That would be nice because there's definitely some good facilities in Wisconsin that they could, better facilities than Kokomo, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, so maybe they'll get one eventually. Um, so once again, Wisconsin Wingless Series is looking to schedule, uh, another iRacing Invitational for two weeks out. Um, and then we got some nationally broadcast, um, iRacing this races is, coming up. This is cool. I yeah. mean, NBC and Fox, two, one, two of the largest networks pretty yeah. much in the United States yeah. are broadcasting iRacing, yeah. sim racing. Well, and it, let alone iRacing, they're broadcasting dirt track. Like, oh, yeah. That, that's not... Fox Sports 1 on Wednesday nights yeah, for you, the foreseeable future, at least. Yeah, you almost never see dirt track racing on national TV anymore. But for that to be on Fox Sports 1, like, let's ignore the whole thing where they're booting out dirt track drivers and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Just the fact that the World of Outlaws are on national TV again, that's awesome. To me, like it doesn't matter what the circumstances are at that point. You know, maybe it could trigger some people wanting or get that crave starting to get more dirt racing on TV on midweek shows while NASCAR isn't running. I think NBCSN would be the perfect network to have dirt track racing. I agree. Or, or even FS1, just because NBCSN is has committed to. Uh, racing a lot like they've committed to oh, have... they're pretty much the new speed channel oh they're all sure. sorts of racing yeah there. like they're uh speaking of them they're broadcasting uh, an esports short track iRacing challenge every single night uh it's like a nascar where they go back to old nascar tracks and they run uh arc of menards series uh basically super late models um it's, on these old nascar tracks the gen 4 stock car from like 2006 right. is what it is yeah that's pretty cool um, and, but NBCSN has committed to IndyCar, uh, IMSA, which IMSA is also running, uh, some iRacing stuff as well. Um, but just with their commitment to that, I feel like they would be, and they've, they've got a bunch of like, uh, other like smaller racing series and stuff that they normally would broadcast. Um, I feel like World of Outlaws would be a really awesome fit for NBC Sports, but that's a big... I feel like the reason they're not on a, a nationally broadcast thing is that it is a huge commitment. Like, how many races do the World of Outlaws run every year? 60-some? 80-something. 80-some. 90. So, I mean, for a, a actual TV network to commit to that would be a little ridiculous, but it would be cool. And, I mean, Dirt Vision's nice. But it is expensive. Um, speaking of Dirt Vision. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Dirt Vision. We... Dirt Vision, Speed Shift, and Flow Racing are all committed to showing 
iRacing and other esports racing. And most of the speed shift ones are free. Yeah, free on Facebook and YouTube. Yep. Uh, and they do have like single races, single race passes and stuff like that. But if you have the speed shift TV, I think it's what is it called, the fast pass or something like that. Um, they're all free. Uh, same thing with Flow Racing and Dirt Vision. iRay has a partnership with Flow Racing this year yep. too. So if you're looking to get a little advance or you want flow racing right now you'll have content on there right now it won't be going to waste exactly so like i was just saying before the podcast i still need to get my flow racing membership and i said well i was going to hold off but it actually you should get it now because coming up this week on april 9th we've got the 2020 amsoil iRacing challenge at knoxville with the usac sprints so it's kind of tailing off of what we were talking about in our news section uh that's the next thing on flow racing and then they also have uh, like Flow Racing 24-7, which is like replays of old uh, old races like All-Star Circuit of Champions, uh, World Rally Cl- Real, excuse me, World Rally Cross and stuff like that. And then Dirt Vision also this week, uh, it, today, the day we're recording this, Monday, April 6th, uh, they have World of Outlaws uh, late models at Knoxville uh, in the iRacing. And tomorrow, Tuesday, they have World of Outlaws at Knoxville for the sprint cars. And then next week, I'm assuming it'll be the same schedule, just at a different track, um, which is very, very cool. And I, I, I love that. And that's three events on that. It's three events broadcast for the World of Outlaws this week on iRacing mm-hmm. with the two on Dirt Vision and then the one on Fox Sports. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think it would be really cool to have like an IRA sanctioned like not sanctioned but with a bunch of ira guys get their cars wrapped and stuff in In, racing an official ira i racing series yeah i feel like that would be cool um, hopefully get some wisconsin guys in there we know bill baylog has it yeah i'm not an ira regular by any means but no i'd I'd like to get into that too (laughs) yeah they would absolutely let you run and i guarantee flow racing would broadcast it too because it looks like i mean they've got some stuff on their schedule and stuff but i'm sure they would they would love to have Something like that. Or even even just the All-Star Circuit of Champions to do something like that. Um, you know, but I'm sure they might they would probably have to use Tony use Tony Stewart's new sprint car game. <laughs> Is that any good? I'm gonna be completely honest here. It's pretty bad. I don't enjoy playing it. <laughs> I mean I mean it looked okay, but like compared it's a to good, iRacing. It's a good arcade okay. racer like yeah. if you were just to pick it up and have some fun with casual buddies, players yeah it's fun but if you're looking for some actual competition just get i racing yeah right get a wheel and pedals um yeah i don't know if we have any, do we have any more i there? think that'll pretty much close it up for our news and upcoming races all right so that's gonna close it up for winter circle and we're gonna move on to our gastroids project hot seat interview with travis aarons all right, everybody, welcome to our Gasroots Project Hot Seat. Wisconsin-based Gasroots Project is a nonprofit organization working to strengthen and grow grassroots racing. Since 2017, the project has produced several short films and articles in addition to financially assisting racers and tracks through awards and sponsorships. To donate or learn more, visit GassRootsProject.com. And in the Gasroots Hot Seat this week, we have 360 Sprint Car Driver Travis Aarons. How are we doing, Travis? Fantastic. Yourself? 
Well, just just perfect. Beautiful Tuesday here in the Midwest, um, and I think Will's going to get our questions started here. Well, yeah, well, actually, absolutely. Uh, first question that I'm going to ask you is, uh, for those people who don't know, Will and I both know, but what's your kind of racing history? How'd you get your start, um, and how did you get to the point that you're at right now? Uh, my racing career, uh, been going to Plymouth since I was a little kid. Um, my my uh, two uncles that raced growing up. So, and then uh, back in uh, 2008, me and a friend bought a four-cylinder. Uh, went halves. We raced it a little bit. And then he got out of it, and he bought a sprint car. I stuck with the four-cylinder. Uh, raced that for a couple of years. Won a track championship. Um, got bored with that. Finally, had enough money after school. Uh, jumped up to a sport mod. Ran that for two years. Won a championship bunch of races and then uh, got the opportunity to get into a sprint car um, thanks to Mark Jens and uh, Barry provided me with a motor and we swear uh, this whole sprint car thing came into play. So it sounds like it's been a pretty short ride but a fast one for you to get up here. I guess uh, if you could go relive any moment during your racing career thus far, what would it be? Uh, probably I got one from every division I've raced. Um, my four cylinders, uh, we were at Chilton. Uh, I believe it was, uh, it was for the Fahrenheit. Uh, we were, we only had a 2.2 overhead valve. Uh, we were running against all the Ecotechs and they were just way faster. We set the car up and this is a heavy track, it was wide open and somehow we were top five and we just made our way down to first, uh, second place and we battled with first place he screwed up and I won somehow passed him and won the race so that was like my biggest four-cylinder like feature like we always just kind of relive that every now and then um, my second one would be in the sport mods uh, we were at Clash at the Creek in 2016 at 141 um, we went from sixth to second in the heat race and we went to Tech they said our tires were not reading properly. They said our the internal sniffer was uh, reading higher than everyone else's. So I had to dismount a tire, take it down there. They actually cut chunks out of the tire, uh, and they said I wouldn't be getting paid or anything like that. And so the tire sample came back. Well, that was our big uh, 650 to win race. We started 11th, and we went up against the wall where no one was running. Came through the field, won the, won the feature by like a whole straightaway. Uh, people were calling us a cheater, all sorts of stuff. And then uh, uh, end of the week came and we got our tire sample back and it came back uh, negative. So I got the winnings, got the points, and we shut everyone up. Um, <laughs> then uh, I think the biggest biggest accomplishment in the sprint car was my first feature win. Um, the first time we go to Angel Park, uh, my wing ram let go, smacked the wall, tumbled down the back stretch, jumped everything, jumped everything. And then the second night we go there, we clean sweep and somehow won, which I don't know, but we managed to get a feature, first feature win our rookie year. That's awesome. I, I love Angel Park and uh, it's a fun track and I'm glad 
you were able to do that. I, hopefully, I can do that this season. <laughs> uh, come on, I, I, I got to get. We got what? We have uh, four feature wins in a row. Hoping to make it five, six, and seven. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how the season goes, you know, with uh, this whole COVID nineteen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've driven, like you said, you've driven a, a four cylinder, a uh, sport mod, and now a sprint car. It seems like you want to stick with sprint cars though correct me if i'm wrong but you know there there was talk about you possibly going to a 410 so it seems like you want to stick with sprint cars why are sprint cars such a draw to you and to the entire racing community uh yeah uh, that's all i've ever wanted to do when i was a little kid was uh well back in the day i was wing modified at plymouth so Growing up, that's all I wanted to do was drive a wing modified. And then obviously uh, when Plymouth, uh, the fairgrounds or fairboard took over, they brought the 360s in and, you know, watching the IRA, that's all I wanted to do. Um, I don't know, sprint cars are just their own class. They, you know, they're fast, you know, just lightweight, fast, and fun watch. Um, that's all I ever want to do. That's all I plan on doing unless uh, someone gives me an opportunity in a late model, well, then I'd i definitely try that, but sprint cars are, uh, it's where I want to be. Yeah, and if you, so I guess that would, that answers kind of my next question is if you had to drive another kind of car, what would it be? Would it be a super late model? Yeah, I'd get dirt late model any day. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm a sprint car fan, but I watch late models as much as I possibly can too. Any kind of racing to me, I mean, even if I go to a race that's got four cylinders, I'll still stick around and watch because it's just, that's my uh, kind of where I started off, and you know, any kind of racing to me is racing. So I'll watch anything really. I always thought from the four cylinder race at the end of the night was always some of the most entertaining racing of the whole weekend. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, I guess now we'll kind of go into like your racing night. We'll just ask you a few questions about how your night goes. I guess I guess we'll just start at the beginning of the night here. Do you have any like pre-race rituals or superstitions that you do before any race? Well, usually something goes wrong. Uh, usually something's going to go wrong with the trailer, the truck. Uh, something goofy's going to happen. It, it seems like uh, every other race now, something just out of the blue happens. And But that's just how all race nights go. But don't have anything special. Uh, just another day in my books. For sure. I know some guys, they have, they have to put on... A certain glove first or they have a certain routine that they go through i think that's always fun to like listen to what people have uh, I, uh, have their routines back um, in the day i used to have a lucky pair of uh, pink boxers actually but uh see there we go <laughs> there we go <laughs> um so then the next part of your night when you're walking through the pits it doesn't matter well for this question it doesn't matter what divisions are in the pits who is the best driver in on any given night in the pits uh well i would like to say myself <laughs> i was just about to say besides yourself you know uh besides myself oh boy uh i don't know uh, is this uh just a regular night at plymouth or is this with ira or either or up to you either man or. completely up to you hmm yeah, yeah, oh boy, this uh, this could cause trouble. Um, <laughs> I got a lot. I don't. I don't really have a favorite, or I would say the best. I mean, I have a couple from every division that I either know personally or just a fan of watching. Um, 
I put it that way. I don't really say there's a best in every class because everyone's got their uh, different ways depending on the track, you know, different tracks. Yeah. Sure. Fair enough. All right. I guess we'll go to uh, this next question. Do you have any, like, particular drivers out there that you consider your rival? If you want to, it doesn't, like, matter where you are. You always try to beat them. You don't got to tell us by name, but. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Well, there's a reason why I'm number 25. Um, good old Danny Schlaper. All right. I, uh, okay. When I, that's the reason why I was number 25. Uh, I was growing up, you know, I enjoyed watching Danny always running the high side, and that's all I ever wanted to do, you know. And, of course, you won everything. Yeah. So that's that's one person I'm always trying to beat. I mean, we're good friends. They're always joking around, you know, um, with the whole Schlafer crew. So, you know, we give, we give each other crap week in, week out. But that's one person you can always just kind of nudge it on the shoulder say, hey, I beat you, and he'll smile. So... Oh, yeah, that's always a blast to have that kind of camaraderie in the pits. Yeah, Danny's definitely a good yardstick to measure anybody by in the pits, that's for sure. Exactly. Um, so what tracks, do you have a favorite track? Um, and do you have any tracks that aren't on the MSA schedule now that you would like to see on the MSA schedule? Hands down, favorite track is Angel Park. Uh, don't know what it is. It's just fast. It's such a fast-paced track, and that's... That's what I enjoy. I I don't know. It's just something about it. Um, if I had to say a track that we I'd love to go run would be either 141 or uh, Luxembourg. Um, oh, okay. Those would be two tracks I'd love to go race. We don't hear Luxembourg too often, but I, I love that track. I ran there in the micros a few times, and it's just that one's fast too. It kind of kind of got that progressive banking. Exactly. I ran there in the Sport Mod, won, uh, won a couple races there. It's always a fun track to me, I thought. I remember a long time ago they used to have, uh, when they still ran the Superweek Modifieds, they used to run a show up at Luxembourg once a year, uh, the Plymouth crew did with EWSC. Um, yep. Yeah, go ahead, Will. Um, the next thing is, I guess, you kind of see different styles of driving you just said that Danny Schlafer you always saw him on the high side I guess how would you describe your style of driving compared to everyone else because well, something's got to be working I, <laughs> uh, I guess I would just it's kind of like my four our sport mod days I'd just go where no one else is if everyone's on the high side I, I mean I, I prefer to run the high side um, you know you, you got to you gotta have skill. You gotta have brains, uh, and you gotta be set up right to run the high side, compared to just bounce around on the tractor tires. But um, like I said, I just kind of go where no one else goes and see what happens to try and make it work. Yeah. So, well, going off of that, uh, trying to make it work. Do you have any advice for any newcomers this year in the MSA? I know we've got a few rookies coming in this year if this year ever actually gets underway. Uh, but do you have any advice for those guys coming in in their first year? Uh, be smart. Um, don't go past your boundaries. That's I've learned the hard way. Um, I think with my 360, my rookie year, um, when I wrecked my second car, first one, like I said, we had a mechanical failure. But the second year, I was just dry, overdriving. Or my first year, I was overdriving and uh, almost spun out. I saved it, kept going, also a lap later. I, I spun out and I got clobbered. And there goes another. There goes my car and the competitor's car. Uh, biggest, you know, biggest thing is just hold your line. Don't let, don't lose control of the car and just 
be smart. I mean, it'll come. It comes pretty quick. I feel everyone's different, but that's uh, that's what I would say. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Once you uh, get that feel that you're kind of used to, or you like under you, get you kind of get into it pretty quick. But as someone who maybe doesn't, and the rookies that come from other classes, I feel like sprint cars are a lot all at once. I mean. They're really easy to overdrive, as you said. They're just there's a lot of power and not a lot of weight there. Yeah, they're uh, they're slightly I would say slightly unpredictable to a point, you know. Especially if the track's a little rough, the car can just take off on you a little bit, you know. Yeah, they're kind of twitchy. I haven't really ever driven like a full-bodied stock car or modified, but I'd assume the sprint cars are really twitchy. Can you give me any opinion on that? Yeah, uh, they are way different. They react so much quicker than, uh, like, the sport mod that I used to run. Um, definitely two different animals, that's for sure. Absolutely. I guess uh, now to kind of get towards the end of the interview here, what are your 2020 plans? Do you have anything up your sleeve that you want to let the people know about? No, we'll be running full-time with uh, 360s. Um, we are going to do a couple select IRA shows. Uh, we were in talks with someone on a 410 motor, but uh, that kind of fell through. Um, so we're just going to stick with the 360s and enjoy racing. For sure. I guess the very last thing that we want to ask you is last week, Chris Flick, he had a question for you. He wants to know what are your goals in racing or expectations for a racing career, but he had a stipulation that uh, – Theoretically, you had unlimited funding. Where would you want to go with it? Oh, boy. Uh, the go 410 racing and follow the outlaws uh, and just run. I, I'd go to Australia during an off-season run, run in the USA during the summer, and just do as much racing as physically possible. Uh, my biggest goals are, you know, are eventually to get into a 410 uh, and just do whatever I can possibly do. I'd love to be a champion in everything that I set foot in. For sure. That's that's such a common thread with sprint car guys. It just always seems like we just want to do as much racing as possible, which is an awesome common thread to see with sprint car guys. Definitely. Uh, all right. Agree. So do you have any – our guest next week is going to be Linton Jeffrey. Do you have any questions uh, for Linton that you would like to hear him answer on the podcast? Uh, how hard is it to drive a Florida because that's my next goal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll, be ma- we'll make sure to uh, ask him that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, for this last little bit, Travis, I'm going to give you the floor. Uh, do you have any sponsors and or crew that you want to thank uh, for your 2020 ride? Oh boy, uh, I got a lot of sponsors. I got a couple crew guys. I mean, I got I got a couple people, just a couple friends that will help out through here and there. You know, um, they don't even consider themselves crew. But uh, for sponsors, I got Professional Plating, Service One Transportation, uh, Shane's Wildlife Removal, Hoosberg Concrete, Barry Moss High Performance, Lakeshore Family Funeral Homes, Retro Tire, D and D Fence. In the Bag, East Shore Bully House, Ross Auto Restoration, Pleasant View Realty, Sarah Voss, uh, Deering's Tax Service, TA Motorsports, Calibrate Coatings Unlimited, HRP Wings, 
Mark Peachy Fabrication, and Diamond Dog Wraps. Uh, I got a couple crew guys, uh, Corey, uh, Andrew, Alex, three Jareds, uh, the old lady, uh, she'd get mad at me if I didn't include her, uh, and Greg, Greg and Tony. Those are my, uh, those are my crew guys right there. Uh, awesome, Travis. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, good luck this year uh, r running full-time with the MSA. Thank you. appreciate it. No problem. Have a good one. You too. All right, so before we close out the podcast here, um, we actually just, in a couple, in the last couple of days, we found a master iRacing schedule, which is, what is this, Speedsport? Speedsport.com. Speedsport. Yep. And uh, so we're going to actually list off the upcoming iRacing uh, schedule, and this is basically all the racing that we have to look forward to for the next week. So take it away, Will. To start it off, Thursday, April 9th at 7 p.m., the NBC Esports Short Track iRacing Challenge, and at 9 p.m., the USAC iRacing Challenge. I believe these are all in Eastern time, but... Um, it's an, it'd be an hour earlier, right? Yep. For Central time. So uh, then Friday, April 10th, the Subaru IRX All-Star Invitational, which I believe is a World Rallycross style event. So I'm not sure what game they used for that. I think it, is it it's still probably, iRacing? These are all iRacing events. Okay, there you go. And Saturday, April 11th, there are four events starting at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. The IndyCar iRacing Challenge. The At 6 o'clock p.m., the eShort Course World Cup. At 7.30 p.m., the Rowdy Energy Super Select Late Model Series. And at 9 o'clock p.m., the USAC AME Saturday Night Lightning. And I, I want to say that eShorts, the eShort Course thing, that's off-road. Um, and that is highly entertaining because they... It's, it's almost more chaos than normal off-road racing. Uh, Monday, April or yes, Monday, April thirteenth uh, at nine p.m. is the World of Outlaws Sprint Car World Championship uh, at Knoxville, which is on iRacing as well. Obviously, and Tuesday, April April fourteenth, it'll be nine at nine o'clock p.m. the E NASCAR Coca Cola iRacing Series at Richmond. And Wednesday, April 15th, to close out the week, uh, at 8 p.m., we have Foxport 1 Weekly iRacing, which I believe will be World of Outlaws again, I would assume. I assume it would be, the, be this week. the sprint cars and elite models. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if Dirt Vision is still going to do their things next week, uh, but if they did, that would they would add on two dates there. Monday night would be the World of Outlaw late models, and Tuesday night would be the World of Outlaw sprint cars, both on iRacing as well. So but, it's nice to have that whole whole schedule in one place. And if you're looking for this schedule, they have it in a whole bunch of different formats, and I'm sure you could print it off or put it in your phone if you want. It is speedsport.com slash esports. Yep. And uh, just to close it out, any thoughts on that interview with Travis? It was pretty. That was pretty. It was interesting. It seems like he can just drive anything that he puts his butt in. Oh, yeah. And I, I especially liked hearing about his uh, lucky pink boxer shorts. That was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. I think there's more superstitions out there than we know oh, yeah. about. I also caught on to your little your questions. You're kind of trying to sneak some speed secrets out of him. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I love Angel Park, and I want to get, there, get around there as good as he does. Asking him for all of his superstitions and all the things he does before the race. <laughs> we're going to find Will with some.
some lucky pink boxer shorts here pretty quick. We'll Let's see. Go. We'll see. All right, folks. Thank you all so much for watching. Once again, this week's episode, as always, is presented by Pedal Down Promotions. Pedal Down Promotions has a vast background in the motorsports industry. Pedal Down Promotions proudly serves as the official PR and media relations firm for Paul Pekorski Motorsports, Josh Walter, Torque Racing, Plymouth Dirt Track Racing, and the Midwest Sprint Car Association, and is now seeking to form new partnerships with racing teams, tracks, and series for the 2020 season and beyond. For more information on how Pedal Down Promotions can become your fast track connection to success, contact Jeff Pedersen by email at pedaldownpromotions at g email.com or call 920-323-7970. Thank you all so much for listening. As Tom Clarkson says, keep it flat out. And see you next week. Have a good one.